1: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, we welcome senior writer of Decrypt, Andrew Hayward, to talk our weekend review. And that's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, January 14th, 2021. I hope everybody is looking forward to their weekend. I'm looking forward to reading these emails from listeners about yesterday's episode. John wrote in, He says, You asked and hear my thoughts on the latest crypto controversy over Wikimedia's acceptance for crypto donations. I've donated to Wikimedia in the past through cash and can't speak for anyone else. But if they ever want another dime from me, they should not cancel their plans over a single misinformed activist. This goes for other organizations who have already given in to the woke mob. Thanks, John. And John was pretty pissed about this because there was a part two that came in about an hour later. He said, Per my previous email, I want to add that my loss of respect from these companies do not come from whether they accept cryptocurrency or not. It's not mine or anyone else's place to lord my opinions over a company and say they have to accept crypto. My loss for respect is for organizations that do not have the basic fortitude to stand up to a loud group of keyboard warriors. Maybe the Matt Damon commercial criticized by some makes a good point. Fortune favors the brave, not the wimpy. John. What do you guys think about what John says? MatthewAaron at Crypt.co. Another email came in from Will. And Will says, Matt, hope you're doing well. My opinion on CBDCs is that if it is introduced by the U.S., it would essentially replace stablecoins like USDC, but will never have the store of value digital gold value of BTC and F since CBDCs will still be tied to the United States inflation rate. I am not excited about the possibility of CBDCs because it goes against the ethos of trading currency with a unit of measure that isn't allowed by a country or regulatory committee like the Fed chair. But I'm also not too worried about it because I think the majority of people will still hodl elsewhere. Cheers will. Again, what are your opinions about CBDCs and their implementation into the United States, especially being made by the Fed? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co Now, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I am recording this at 1120 Eastern Standard Time. We got Bitcoin sitting at $42,985, down 0.7% in 24, but it's up 4% in 7. Ethereum is at $3,270, down 1.2%. BNB, 480, up 0.7%. Tether number four and Solana number five at 146 down 4.9%. Rounding off the top 10, we have USDC, Cardano, XRP, Luna, and Polkadot. Total market cap we're at 2.04 trillion, a BTC dominance of 39.8, and an F dominance of 19%. And no coin of the day today, we're going to get straight into this conversation with senior writer of Decrypt, Andrew Hayward, and we're going to talk about our week's biggest stories. Enjoy. Senior writer, Andrew Hayward. How are you doing? Welcome to the show, sir. I'm good, Matthew. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. And, and and so we're doing the Week in Review, as always, Friday. And we have a lot of stories today, a lot of them around NFTs, uh, some other ones there. Uh, but before we go into like the NFT stuff, I want to talk about what's happening with congress really quick one of my passions obviously uh government regulations uh you know politics and they are going to have an energy hearing on proof of work can you tell me a little bit about that
0: yeah so next week on thursday january 20th the u.s house committee on energy and commerce is going to have a hearing on crypto industries energy consumption it's focused on proof of work mining which is you know bitcoin and ethereum are the big subjects there um you know, my my feeling is it's it's probably not going to be a great look for the crypto industry, but it's a real issue. It's a real thing worth discussing. And just to be clear, as a journalist, I don't care about the perception of it. It's it's not my job to defend crypto, just cover it. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine that it's going to look too great when more and more people hear about the immense energy consumption. And it might confirm some people's, uh, you know, suspicions or ideas about the industry that, that they already have in
1: their head. And I, I- as being, you know, the Decrypt Daily, I love to cover the news and make sure that we're as unbiased as possible. But I also want to have discussions and, you know, just have opinions in there. The way that I'm looking at this hearing, because they're just focusing on proof of work, this is putting out there to the mainstream now. This is becoming more street mainstream when it comes to the political discussion between cryptocurrency, mining and the environment and climate change. And just by highlighting proof of work without even and I don't know even know if they're going to talk about proof of stake, but it's not even on the on the cover. Uh, it's almost purposely painting the the whole crypto space as negative. I got a comment on, on Twitter the other day that says there's over 2000 cryptocurrencies. I can't believe you support them and they're all bad for the envi- environment. And that's just not true. So do you think that this is already putting a stigmatism on the whole space in general just by the way that they're framing this?
0: It's possible. It really depends on how the hearing goes. Um, You know, if they only focus on proof of work and nobody's talking about proof of stake and the significantly lower environmental impact of that model, then, yeah, it could prove to be lopsided. It could look especially bad for crypto. But my feeling is whoever they bring up to discuss it, experts in the space, hopefully, are going to be able to say, like, look, it's true that Bitcoin and Ethereum currently use proof of work and it's a big environmental impact but there's a lot of other cryptocurrencies that use more efficient models and Ethereum is on its way to transition to one as well. Uh, So, you know, hopefully it proves to be a pretty balanced discussion, but we'll have to see how it turns out.
1: And you know what? I think that this is probably the perfect segue into NFTs because even when you talk about NFTs, and one thing when it comes to the, the gaming community, uh, they said, oh, we don't like M- NFTs. And this is probably a little bit, bit of um uh, miseducation itself is because it's going to destroy the environment. It's harmful for the environment. A lot of NFT news has happened this week. Gap, which is really interesting. They're going to start doing NFT, I guess, swag or or what is it, Wear, <laughs> is it clothing or something?
0: What, what's going on with Gap? Yeah, so Gap is releasing NFTs on Tezos, which is a a proof of stake blockchain. So it is more energy efficient than Ethereum, which is the leading NFT platform. Uh, Tezos has worked with Ubisoft, the game publisher, uh, esports team, Team Vitality and other brands. So they're getting a lot of traction. Uh, Gap is releasing hoodie themed NFTs that you can buy and collect. And then if you, there's like a gamification system. So if you collect the lower rarity ones, you can like trade up and have the opportunity to purchase what's called an epic NFT uh, that's going to cost a little over $400 worth of Tez. And that comes with a physical hoodie, like an exclusive, one of a kind drop. I think there's only a hundred of them being made. So that's sort of a way to get brand engagement with NFTs, get exclusive merch. It follows Adidas's move in the space where they worked with the Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, the collector G money and Punk's comics to make their own exclusive merchandise. So Um, yeah, it seems like people are pretty excited about it. Tezos is getting a lot of movement lately, so it should be interesting. So
1: what is the purpose of this for uh, Gap? And we're talking about Gap clothing, the Gap. And so I just Mm -hmm. make sure everybody understands that we're talking about the clothing store, the Gap. And what's the purpose? I mean, so what? You have an NFT hoodie. You can't wear it. Can you put it on like NFT, I don't know, Pokemon? What's, What's going on? So the
0: NFTs are just images as far as
1: I can tell, but there will be physical
0: merchandise for some of the collectors and the gap when they announced that they said, basically, this is a learning experience for us. We want to see how our users want to engage with us in a digital way going forward. So most likely this is like the first toe in the water. They're dipping a toe. They want to see what happens. And then, you know, we'll see if they end up doing something deeper or more fully fledged on the line.
1: That's a really good point. I mean, dipping your toe in the water. And I think that that's one thing that a, pe- a lot of people do not discuss when we talk about NFTs. We always talk about like just the JPEG, the art aspect of it. And people are like, oh, it's just Beanie Babies. It's just Pokemon. I mean, I can't believe that these Beanie Babies are going for so much money. But this is refining the technology. I mean, when you start with new tech, you know, you re- I actually have to figure out how it's going to work and how to implement it and and really refine the uh, operations of it to have it start rolling out in like day-to-day life. And one thing I mentioned uh, on other podcasts or our uh, Decrypts Live yesterday was that NFTs are going to be good for, say, your diploma on an NFT form, an unfungible token. Here's my degree. Here's my passport. Here's my ID. Here's my driver's license. Here's my medical records. Uh, so, but you can't just jump into that without understanding the, you know, the, the goods and the bads, the pros and the cons of the NFTs and, and refining the tech. Uh, so I think that's a really good thing is like, yeah, companies are doing this in order to figure out what the tech is, how to use it, how to implement it and make sure all the, I guess the wrinkles are ironed out. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, and if we see NFTs as sort of a building block towards the metaverse to come, yeah, some of them are just kind of goofy pictures and and they might seem stupid and overvalued, but I think if you think about it long-term and you see them as sort of steps forward as we understand this new space, as we build up new technology and new solutions, it makes sense in that way. That doesn't necessarily mean that every valuable NFT today is going to be worth a bunch of money in a few years from now. I, I think a lot of them probably won't be. Uh, so that part, <laughs> that part can be very uh, worrisome or damaging to some people. But I-, I think as a grand experiment, it makes sense that people are kind of trying things out, you know, take on the amount of risk that you're comfortable with, and then hopefully it builds up to something you know, more beneficial, more interesting, more useful down the line.
1: I mean, you just said you know, uh, the leap into the metaverse, and I think one of the biggest leaps into the metaverse is this acquisition uh, by Take-Two Games. Can you tell me about that?
0: Yeah, so Take-Two Interactive is one of the big uh, traditional video game giants out there. They own Rockstar Games, they own 2K Games, so they are the company behind Grand Theft Auto, NBA 2K, all sorts of huge, huge franchises. Uh, And this week they announced that they're going to acquire Zynga, which is a a famous casual and mobile game maker, for $12.7 billion dollars. And the oh. thing that's <laughs> the thing that's interesting to us about this acquisition is that Zynga has recently started making moves into the NFT gaming space. They uh, they appointed a, a president of blockchain technology. They announced a partnership. Uh, with Forte, which is a uh, uh, infrastructure provider for gaming. And basically, they see their future in NFT-driven, tokenized communities for games. And uh, that's got to be a big reason why Take-Two acquired them, just kind of seeing that opportunity ahead And this follows Ubisoft, another gaming giant, getting into NFTs. Square Enix, the maker of Final Fantasy, said that they're going to make NFT games. Uh, Electronic Arts is interested in NFTs. So this is a way for them to buy a company that is already making moves in the space and makes them better primed to kind of make their own games uh, in Web3 going forward.
1: The way that I'm looking at this as well is that we are seeing a lot of movement to the metaverse, to NFTs. This, I mean, twelve point seven. I'm sorry, twelve point seven billion dollars is a lot of money, and and when we see this, I mean, obviously it's a lot of money, but I, I guess I'm trying to stress like how much of a risk reward, I guess, equation is coming out of this to say we're gonna pay almost $13 billion to try to get a leg up into this new emerging, that's not there yet, Metaverse, Web3, NFT sort of collaboration of how this, we feel, we see the future is going to go, or just, you know, we're going to be interacting with, I guess, digital things in the future. Not only are we seeing, you know, Meta and Facebook, Meta, Facebook, changed their name. You said Ubisoft, we see all these other movements toward this. This is a mad rush scramble of try to be the leaders, the first movers into this. Do you, I, I look at this as just a lot of companies looking at such a, a big, huge future market that they're willing to invest anything to be part of it.
0: So I, I would clarify that with Take-Two and Zynga, the Web3 part is probably a very small part of the equation for now. Um, Zynga still makes good money on their mobile games. They also are firmly entrenched in the mobile space. So take two can say, all right, we want more Grand Theft Auto on mobile. We want more Red Dead Redemption or whatever. And Zynga is ready to bring that to life. So I think in the short term, it's about mobile. It's about casual games. In the long term, as I said, Zynga already has a foot in the Web3 industry. They're they're building towards something, and there is a huge opportunity there. As you said, companies are just throwing money at this kind of nebulous opportunity in the future. It might be five or ten years out, but now is the time to start laying down the foundations, time to start experimenting on things, as we talked earlier. Axie Infinity, the Ethereum monster battling game, generated almost $4 billion in trading volume this year. Out of nowhere, and I know that um, Amy Wu, who was a partner at uh, Lightspeed Venture Partners, she just joined uh, FTX to lead their venture fund. Uh, announced today, she said a few months ago that after Axie's explosion, every major game publisher is looking into crypto crypto games. So. You know, it's, it's only a matter of time, maybe before we see Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft and kind of all the other big players start to experiment, start to dip a toe. And there's a lot of backlash in the gaming space. But I think ultimately, you know, these prospective benefits of NFTs uh, could pile up. We start to get more acceptance, uh, more adoption, but it's going to be a long term process.
1: You mentioned FTX Venture Firm, and that's also a Web3 Venture Firm, correct? They're trying to develop that out. Yeah, FTX uh, just this morning
0: launched a $2 billion venture fund. FTX has crazy money. They can they can do whatever crazy. they want with it. <laughs> uh, and so they brought on Amy Wu, who's, who's very gaming-centric, but also Web3 and crypto-centric. So I know gaming is going to be a focus. They're also going to work towards uh, layer one and layer two blockchain opportunities, cross-chain protocols, basically...
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Part of our discussion today is something called Looks Rare. And I, I didn't actually read or understood this. So you're going to have to go ground up from from this. Sure. One. What is Looks Rare NFT Marketplace? and? You said something about wash trading in our notes. What is this? what is this?
0: <laughs> so LooksRare is a new NFT marketplace. Um, it is a direct competitor to OpenSea, and they actually launched what's called a vampire attack on OpenSea. So basically through public blockchain data, they can see, all right, these wallets transacted X amount of ETH on OpenSea last year. We are going to airdrop them our token now and give them incentives to use our platform instead. So looks rare is airdropping its Looks token to 185,000 wallets that used OpenSea um, during six months last year and spent at least three ETH. And they're giving these tokens away there's trading rewards on the LooksRare platform. There are staking rewards for locking up your tokens. Uh, that's that's all potentially a very good thing for NFT traders because OpenSea, they've hinted that they want to go down the IPO route. They want to go public. They're probably not going to do a token launch if that holds true. So LooksRare is kind of you know buying into frustration over OpenSea and its model. And they're creating this opportunity where users benefit directly from using the platform. And so... That's probably a good thing. The downside is that people are taking advantage of this opportunity to uh, to benefit from the trading rewards. And they are selling NFTs for thousands of times what the going rate is. So there are MeBits, uh, which is from Larva Labs, also the CryptoPunks creators. There are MeBits that have been selling for $50 million back and forth between the same wallets, just selling, selling it one way, selling it back. And that generates... Uh, trading rewards on the site you do pay a two percent fee uh into the site and ethereum gas fees so you know who knows whether it's actually profitable or not in the short term but people are trying to take advantage of the system and it's it's pushing up the trading volume to crazy numbers uh looks rare already has 1.4 billion in trading volume since monday yikes But so much of it is it's it's BS. I mean, it's it's NFTs that are being sold for artificially inflated prices just to generate more rewards.
1: I, I, I thought, and again, I did actually hear about this, but I thought the rewards or, oh, I'm sorry, maybe this is the airdrops. There is an airdrop that is happening, but that was for a 3S of trading volume between I think certain dates in 2021. So this wash trading and this trading volume is separate from the airdrop. Am I correct with that?
0: Yeah, so the airdrop is pertaining to activity that happened on OpenSea last year. But now when people use the platform, they also generate trading rewards by trading these particular collections, uh, Bored Apes, MeBits, Loot, kind of popular collections that are verified. And so people are basically selling themselves, their NFTs between wallets that they control to create this artificial trading volume on the site and that generates more rewards. And so it's really a matter of Is it worth the expense of the gas fees and the trading fees to get these tokens? And at least right now, with the rewards at probably the highest they'll ever be, it seems to be worth it for them.
1: And obviously, this is just simple math to whoever's doing their, their trading with themselves. If, if the <laughs> gas fees are worth the rewards, and yeah. if if you're you're running yourself a a PNL and your in your profits are bigger than your losses, then <laughs> then you might <laughs> might as well do it. But you know, I guess this is the obvious uh, question to ask is that when the crypto space is against regulation and governments coming in, and then they do this kind of crap. It's almost like they're 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 the ones that's asking for the government to come in and say, well, why why your list your wallets because this, this is the kind of shit that we don't want.
0: Yeah, it's a bad look. <laughs> it's uh it's it's not great. And you know, it, it may not be illegal to sell stuff back and forth between your wallets, but there's obviously going to be a tax obligation to it. And are these people gonna be reporting that on their taxes? You know, who knows? But you know, like you said, it's it's not a great look. It kind of invites more scrutiny. It messes with the numbers, which I don't appreciate because I, I tap those numbers all the time for writing. And I, I talked to CryptoSlam and Dap Radar, which are these blockchain analytics companies. And I said, you know, are are you going to be reporting these wildly inflated numbers? And they said, Well, it's happening on chain, and we want to tell the story of what's happening. So basically we might have to put a note next to them or we might need to categorize them differently, but it's happening and, and people are interested. So we're going to keep these numbers on our systems.
1: Right. It's actually very hard for, um, you know, one of these platforms to, I mean, even though it could have an asterisk, it's like really hard to them to differentiate which trading volume is what legit and air quotes and, you know, just random trading with yourself. So I guess you kind of have to report it, but, you know, when you're reporting these numbers, this is interesting because there is a divergence between the crypto market and the NFT market, you know, when it comes to what is happening, the NFT Sorry, the crypto market has been in a slow decline ever since the beginning of the year. Now, of course, we we're declining in market cap decline. in you know, just the numbers are going down now. I don't know if we're going to call this a bear. All I know is we've been moving sideways for a while and we are about 40 percent off from our all time highs. Um, But I wouldn't call it 40. Would I call it 40? Maybe 30. Let's just call it 33 for for a good number. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, but the, the NFT space is not following the same pattern at at all. And so what is happening with the NFT space? As we mentioned on the show a couple of times, it seems as though the S&P 500 and the uh, crypto market is pretty correlated recently, but the NFT is just kind of diverging from all of that.
0: Yeah, NFTs are super hot right now. I mean, last year it felt like NFTs and the crypto market were, were pretty well correlated. I mean, when the crypto market collapsed in May, we saw NFT interest just sort of sink, but that might not have been entirely tied to crypto prices. I think people were still sort of, figuring out what NFTs were and whether they should be interested. But then when the crypto market uh, exploded again last August, the NFT market just got like jet fuel on it and just skyrocketed to new heights. Uh, but so far this year, NFTs are super hot still and the crypto market has been sideways or you know increasingly down lately. And there are a couple of potential factors to it. Um, the NFT market is super buzzy right now. There's a lot of people trading uh, hot collections that are growing in price. Board apes, doodles, collections like that. There's a lot more like celebrities and brands coming in that are sort of validating the scene. It's maturing. There are more use cases. And it sort of seems like the NFT market is, you know, splitting. It is diverging away from crypto prices and they may not be so kind of one-to-one or tied together anymore. And also NFTs, you know, increasingly can work as a store of value like traditional art can. And it's risky because the NFT market is still very volatile if you look kind of longer term but some of the bigger blue chip collections do seem to be holding their value pretty well lately. Um, Also, I was listening to today's Unchained podcast and DC investors suggested that the less liquid nature of NFTs compared to cryptocurrency can maybe make them a bit more immune to crypto trends. Uh, You know, if, if the market's falling you want to sell your crypto, you can do that in an instant with an NFT, you got to find a buyer, you know, there's, there's more to it. And so, That might be part of it. It might also be that NFTs land in the hands of long-term holders who are less likely to flip it and less likely to freak out when the market's shifting. There's sort of all these different factors, but they are pointing to the NFT market sort of decoupling itself from crypto market trends
1: but when you call, talk about decoupling I, I, I think i want to define this are we talking about decoupling in terms of volume or are we talking about in, ter- in terms of price of the nfts because the price of the nfts obviously is in flux we don't know what they're going to sell for bored apes or dapper dinos if you will uh wh- what is going to be the price of that but the volume keeps going up so what is the actual like i guess what metric are we looking at when we're talking about this
0: Yeah, so there's no clean comparison because you you say NFTs, but you're referring to thousands of different projects and all sorts of different use cases. Uh, Really, we're looking at rising trading volume, you know, anecdotally, things like hype and momentum. There's still there's a lot of buzz and excitement and money around NFTs right now. Obviously, there's a lot of money in crypto, too. There's there's no clean comparison here, but it just feels like, you know, crypto markets are down right now but it's not affecting nfts. NFTs are still booming. People are buying them, money's pouring in.
1: And and that's a good point. And so there's here comes my skeptic eyebrows and they're raised. <laughs> Nobody can see this is a this is a podcast, but they're I'm raising my eyebrows because we just spoke about wash trading. Is it all bullshit? It's not all bullshit. I mean, there's there's some level of bullshit in there, but
0: you know, let me clarify that. I'm not even talking about looks rare and their wash trading. Um, OpenSea, which is the leading NFT marketplace, is about to hit $3 billion of trading volume for January, like today or tomorrow, halfway through the month. Mm. And the record month for OpenSea is 3.4 billion last August. Mm. So this month might double the record. It's just like crazy trading volume right now. And yeah, there's potential for wash trading at any marketplace. Uh, but OpenSea hasn't shown the kind of brazen like artificially inflated prices that we've seen on looks rare this week. I mean, yes, things are selling for huge amounts of money, but it's consistent with the market for these
1: collections. And again, I am I, going to throw this out of left field because I just want everybody to start thinking about the, we, we say these numbers and, we, and I think the initial reaction is going, wow, the NFT space is going, is going gangbusters and this is the new thing. But we just spoke about wash trading, when it comes to looks rare, which is making the volumes go up, making it look like the NFT space is just going crazy. But basically, people are just selling their NFTs to each other to get these rewards, and I we do have to mention money laundering, um, that is another way to put the volume. So uh, I just want to put that in everybody's idea. Now, obviously, I'm not just trying to be a fudster or a or, or to show the market, but Money laundering is a very easy possibility when it comes to NFTs to take money from one place, one market to the other. And in in terms of JPEG art in cryptocurrency, so is this actually the demand for the product or just the ease of transferring value across distances, people, country, nationalities or banks?
0: I mean, I, I think you have to assume that there's certainly potential for money laundering in NFTs, just as there is in crypto. I don't believe that that is the reason for this big surge in attention. We've, we've seen a pretty steady growth over the last year or so in the NFT market. There's a lot more collections and a lot more use cases and a lot more people that are paying attention to it. So, you know, keep, keep that in mind. Certainly there's p- potential for fraud and illegal activity. None of this is financial advice. I'm not telling anybody to go buy anything. I'm just saying people are excited, people are interested, and some of these projects are becoming very, very valuable indeed.
1: Last question I have for you is something that I brought up yesterday on the live show. Is there's a lot of hate coming into the NFT market, and my th- I have a, I have a couple ideas about this. One because obviously it's Beanie Babies, so people don't understand it. Um, and, and I'm I'm saying it Beanie Babies, not to talk down the NFT market in in, in any way or the NFT technology, but just the, I guess, the perception of unreasonable value for certain things like a llama with a taco doesn't seem to be a valuable uh, work of art, but people are paying for it. People are paying for board apes, mutant apes, and and, uh, other things. So let's just take that aside. But uh, there's a lot of people criticizing the NFT space. Um, especially when it's talking about board apes and the value of it. And I, I'm wondering, and my question to you is, and my idea for this was there's a lot of disdain, especially when it comes to celebrities or people with a massive amounts of, of, of capital buying NFTs for 200, 300, 400, even $1.2 million, um, and then making them their profile picture. And so now we have this, like, I guess, this trend of very wealthy individuals showcasing their wealth, being part, being part of this club, which obviously is called Board Ape Yacht Club, and, and that now making that an outward display of their celebrity wealth and exclusivity. And a lot of the average people can't afford to be in there, and nor, nor even if they could afford it, would we even want to take a, a large portion of their net worth and, and throw it into a, a JPEG? It, it, what do you think of this trend? And do you think that it is exacerbating the discussion or the animosity toward the wealth gap that we see that is also putting a stigma on the NFT space and the crypto industry. Do you think there's more to it?
0: Uh, yeah, no doubt. Spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on an NFT is tough to stomach for a lot of us. I mean, it, it kind of looks crass and showy. And, uh, you know, if it's for cloud, if it's for just showing off your riches, that's going to rub people the wrong way. I totally get it. Um I do think it's worth remembering though, that when Bored Apes came out, they were like a couple hundred dollars to mint. And so it's not like everybody who got into Bored Apes are people who are rich either from crypto or you know from outside the crypto world. There are probably a lot of people that still hold their NFTs that got them for cheap and took a chance on something that they thought was interesting and cool. Uh, obviously now we're seeing more celebrities, Jimmy Fallon, Post Malone, Snoop, all sorts of people buying into the club. Uh, you can see on the blockchain that they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, on the other hand, we, we already know that they all have tons of money. so like it shouldn't shock us that, you know, they're, they're throwing out towards something. Um, but not every NFT is expensive. Not every NFT is designed to be this sort of stat wealth showy status thing. Um, and I think over time as NFT technology becomes more widely adopted, more useful, It won't even be those blue chip collections that a lot of us are using or seeing like it'll just be so widespread and so ubiquitous that maybe we don't even use the NFT term anymore. But yeah, obviously, there are going to be things that are valuable that have status attached to them. And I completely understand why someone would see that and just be disgusted or put off by it.
1: And and I guess that's that's part of the discussion, especially in the crypto industry where it was Lambo's last time. Everybody wanted a Lambo, and then <laughs> you know the crypto space and people who had the Bitcoin riches, the crypto riches, they bought their Lambo and they threw it all over Twitter and social media. I got my yeah. Lambo, and then it made the average people go, like, is this what it's all about? It's just getting rich and getting Lambos. I thought there was a bigger ethos to this. And I feel that it's kind of like looking like the same way with NFTs. Now, I if you have money do what you need to do, buy what you need to buy. I, I I do not hate on people with money. That's not what I'm trying to say. And I want to make everybody clear. I want to make it clear about that. Uh, but I do understand if there is a wealth gap, how you could look at people just posting pictures of their Lambos, but now it's JPEGs that are $350,000 going, <laughs> well, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But
0: I again, it's early days and people are still figuring out, you know, why, why are we using NFTs? What are they good for? Uh, are they going to be valuable? Are they going to hold value? So it, it may turn out that pe- things people are buying for hundreds of thousands of dollars now are worth almost nothing in a few years. And it's, it's just so volatile and, and early right now.
1: You know, I just thought of something. I bet you, and I wonder if these are if these can be tax write-offs for them. I mean, if Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon and M&M, whatever, buys a JPEG uh, or a, a board of yacht club with their uh, LLC, they could probably write it off and they make it a profile picture. This is a business expense.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, late last year, uh, before the year was closing, there were people that were selling off NFTs as tax losses uh, <laughs> because they had lost so much value and they were like, oh God, I'm going to owe so much money to the government. I need to like
1: part with some of this stuff. So yeah, 100%, absolutely. Senior writer, Andrew Hayward, thank you very much for this conversation. Didn't know we we're going to go about a half hour, but I <laughs> definitely enjoyed this week in review. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Spotify and give us five stars. It's super easy. You open your Spotify app and on the homepage for this podcast, you know, you're going to click the Decrypt Daily. It's going to be right there, either on the top right. You're going to see the three little dots. You can sit there. It's going to say right episode or right there on the top left. You're going to see a star rating now and you can just click that and it's going to be very easy. Pop us in five stars. I'm trying to get to a 1,000 ratings by the end of February. I think I could do it, but I only could do it with your help. Why am I doing this? Because I want everybody to know that this is the best damn crypto news show on the planet. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.